Tony Hines and you're listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. Well, today I want to talk about something that's very important in all kinds of supply chains, and that's cycle time compression. So, stick with us. So what do I mean by cycle time compression? Well, it's time compression in the supply chain. It's about taking time out of those cycles from procurement, production, distribution, and the customer cycle. And the more time you can compress within the supply chain to get things done in faster speeds, takes away risk, it lowers cost, and it also brings in the cash faster. So if you can compress the cycle times, there are many benefits. And we're going to talk about that in today's episode. There are three factors that I looked at always when I was looking at cycle times in supply chains. Velocity was the first thing, that's the speed at which things happen in the cycle and the cycle time itself. There was volume, that's the number of items going through the system, the throughput at any time. And of course, volatility, where the peaks and troughs were in the cycle and of course, capacity to deal with that volatility. One of my early introductions to this was when I visited a production plant and talked to people that were operating the production line and we were searching for ways to be more cost effective and looking at lowering costs in the processes involved in the production of the goods that we're making. And the workforce were very informed, they knew where the cost was likely to build up and one of the things that they did, they had a kiln that was running 24 hours a day, consuming quite a lot of energy. And it was on so that when items were finished and ready to go in the kiln, they could just be put straight in. And one of the suggestions that came from the team when we had a discussion was, why don't we batch things? So batching was one of the first suggestions made. And it was a good one because it meant that the kiln had to be on for much less time consuming far less energy, and the production process wasn't really held up. The batching process was just built into the cycle. Cycle times were actually reduced as a result of the batching process, and it saved quite a lot of money for that uh, company, which was involved in aerospace. This is why communication, discussion, and involvement of the team is always important when it comes to discussing cycle times and how to reduce them. I also spent quite a bit of time in the textile industry looking at textile production and also clothing in the clothing industry looking at clothing manufacture and particularly cut, make and trim operations. And in those cut, make and trim operations, the cycle times are very important. There's a cutting process when you cut the cloth. There's a manufacturing process to make the garments. And of course... There's a cycle where you place the trims on the garment, things like buttons, zips, and those sort of things, collars, cuffs, whatever. And looking at each of those cycles can be informative in terms of where the cost is and how it builds up and how you can reduce the cost. And again, it's a batch operation in many cases, so batching things actually reduces time in the system it allows specialisms, and it can be carefully managed to compress time in the system. So again, those simple operations that we see every day, if we look hard at them and we see how things are done, we can always find ways to improve 
the efficiency of the operation. And it's usually the people performing the operations that can probably tell you more about how to achieve it than by pure observation. So far, I've talked about manufacturing operations and how to reduce costs in cycles for manufacturing. But you can do this in service operations too, in many service situations, in retailing. If you look at the way payments are made in store and how people queue to pay, how people go through the store, go through the system, you can apply the same to a retail operation. In retailing, the sourcing, the procurement cycles are very important and you can take time out. Lead times are important for production and getting the goods into the retail organisation. Distribution is important, distribution cycle, and all the transport logistics cycles are important. So you can see how it would work in retailing. Throughput is something that can be managed carefully and planned. You can apply it to all kinds of services, banking, airport throughput, all types of services. And you can look at online systems and do a similar type of analysis. Usually involves an audit, you need some kind of data, and then you need to analyse those cycle times. How long does it take to go through each stage in the cycle? And where are the peaks and troughs? How can you smooth them out? And how can you reduce the cycle time? Those are the key questions. Faster cycle times, increasing throughput, reduces risk. It reduces time and it reduces cost. So why is it important to reduce those cycle times? Well, I've already indicated why it's important. Risk, cost, time, all saved. Risk in particular can be reduced by holding inventory at lower levels and minimising the time that you hold that inventory at any point. And of course, moving inventory from raw materials into work in process and on to finish goods is, of course, what processes in production are about. And if you can reduce the times involved in each of the stages in the cycle, then you can improve profitability and return on investment, all of which benefits the customer, it benefits the firm, it benefits suppliers, and it benefits the partners in the supply chain, because it means you can push more production through the system in a given time. Now, I know that in the current time period, people are saying just-in-time is problematic. And in some industries and some sectors and some product lines, there may be elements of truth in that. But there's also a lot of nonsense talked about it. And you shouldn't really throw the uh, baby out with the bathwater, as they say. When something works, and it works well, a moment in time where it doesn't work quite as well because of the environmental conditions, obviously you need to make adjustments and you need to change things. But we should always think about reducing cycle time. It's so important to the cost makeup of any product. If you don't want to think about it, just add cost. Don't worry about value added. Be a big mistake. Now one of the damaging things to cycle reduction times, of course, is friction. And we can think about friction in many situations, but if you've got added bureaucracy in the system, delays due to paperwork or customs, declarations, and all that kind of stuff, then that can be very damaging. And it's important to minimise any friction in the supply chain. Remember those lessons you did at school when something was difficult and you found it hard? Well, if you kept at it and you stuck at it and you worked and you began to understand 
the importance of something, then the time spent was worthwhile and paid dividends. And it's the same with looking at reducing cycle times. Sometimes it can be difficult. Sometimes it can be hard. And it might seem easier to take a different option. But it's not always the right option to take. Think about those businesses you like to deal with personally and the reasons that you do that. It's often because they make things easier for you. So if things can be made easier, smoother, and you can work together to make improvements in the cycle times in the supply chain, that will be a benefit to all parties. And not least of all, of course, to the customer. The customer benefits from reduced cycle times because it means they get their products or services sooner and Often, they get those products or services knowing that the quality standards are right, that the costs involved in the production of the item are efficient, so they're not paying bloated sums. They might pay higher premiums for the time in some cases, but they're paying fairer prices overall. And reduced cycle times, of course, can tackle supply push costs because you can lower cost in the system. Now, if you think about cycle times and non-value added cost that can build up in a cycle, that might be a useful focus. We can have unnecessary materials movements. There can be double handling in processes that adds to cost but not to value. We might have some poor facility layout that needs some attention because it's taking us longer to do things, which means adding time in the cycle. There might be just poor planning or poor scheduling that's going on. Or we might be duplicating processes, which adds to cost but not to value. And overall, we might have efficient processes, but we have some inefficient processes that we need to remove. We might be routing materials randomly or production flows are not smooth. And the distances travelled by both employees and vehicles might be greater than it needs to be. And those can all add to non-value-added cost and time. So it's about looking at, I suppose, what Kaizen tells us to look at, the unevenness, the difficulty and the waste in the cycle. What are we wasting? What's difficult? And why is it difficult? Can we resolve it? And why do we have unevenness in that system? And that way we can improve quality, lower cost, shorter response times, and add value for the customer. It's about managing the resources in our control, the people, the materials, the machinery, the methods, all to improve cycle time. Everyone working in supply chains understands the concept of a trade-off. We make many concessions, and the trade-offs we have have to be balanced. We have to make judgments. Those judgments about things like, do we hold stock, do we hold inventory? to satisfy possible customer demand and avoid a stock out, a just-in-case inventory, can be very expensive. So that decision shouldn't be taken lightly. It's a form of waste and it should be treated as such. And it is in the literature relating to just-in-time systems. The cost associated with just-in-case should be eliminated or at very least minimised. Excess inventory includes reduced cash flows, lost interest on cash tied up in that inventory, it takes up more working capital, it requires additional storage and associated costs, and if we're borrowing funds to get hold of inventory, then there's a financing cost that will increase. And finally, of course, the risk of obsolescence, redundancy and shrinkage while that inventory is within 
our control. I've already mentioned that data is important when it comes to managing cycle times. We need to understand the time it takes in each cycle for it to complete. And we need to understand how that cycle time in detail is consumed. So it's very important to have the data. And one of the things we need, we need to know not just the data in a single cycle, but we need to know how all the cycles in our supply chain link together and how time can be extended or compressed. So we need to understand the detail of those flows in each of the cycles. And the only way to do that is to have the data and have the systems, intelligence systems that can understand that data and give us levers that we can apply to make changes to the system. So data transformation in organizations is important. It's important not to manage these processes just on a spreadsheet or just in your head or just on paper. It's important to have data that's in real time, not necessarily working on forecasts. Forecasts are always inaccurate. Sometimes we need forecasts, of course, and we don't always expect the forecast to be completely accurate, but we need to have some kind of heuristic that we can understand better what's happening. And a heuristic is some kind of rule of thumb. That's what we mean by a heuristic. And we work with those heuristics all the time. We know what our average stock level is. It's a kind of heuristic. It's a calculation, yes, but it's often a rule of thumb by which we operate. We know our cost to sales ratio, which is a another heuristic. We know our turnover, a heuristic. We know how stock goes through the system in time. And we probably have a rule of thumb for that too. We want to process things in time. So the less uncertainty we have in our own supply chains, the better we can manage them. But of course, uncertainty is how the real world operates. And so there's always going to be a degree of uncertainty. And we just need to plan using tolerance limits of how that uncertainty might play out. And we need to have strategies that can deal with uncertainty. When we're in volatile times, like we are presently, where it appears to be everything is volatile, which of course it isn't, it just appears that way. There are particular parts of the system that are highly stressed and highly volatile, but there are other parts of the system that are operating smoothly. And it's how to isolate the parts that we understand are volatile and plan in some way. It might mean extending a supply base, moving that supply base closer to home, spreading the risk in some cases. But there are different strategies that we can employ to reduce our cycle times. If we know things are going to be held up in China, if we source a lot of goods from the Far East, and we know there are box shortages pushing cost up, and we know there's shipping capacity shortages pushing cost up, we need to take steps to reduce cost. And reducing cost will give us a focus that drives us to do things differently. It doesn't mean we throw out the systems we use. It means we just change the way we do things in the total supply chain. When it comes to managing cycle times, we know if we can get things to market faster, we'll get the cash in faster. And that means we've compressed time in getting goods to the customer and in the cash cycle time, we get the cash in sooner. And we can also lower costs by managing cycle times better by lowering conversion times, by lowering procurement times. Production cycle reduction is faster. And if we get shorter cycle times, shorter lead times, 
we can be more responsive. It can also mean that we can be more agile in our processes and the way we work. And that agility lowers risk. So the supply chain system can be more resilient. It's easier to change when you're not stuck holding lots of inventory or where you've got clogged up systems through poor planning, poor scheduling or some other factor that's slowing those cycles down. Compressing time in cycles, of course, improves asset utilization. It means that we're using our assets better. It means that we're likely to incur lower costs per unit in the cycle. It means that we're likely to satisfy customers better. It means that we're likely to lower our own risk and it will definitely lower operating cost by compressing time. So all those benefits are very important in a supply chain and it's important for us to understand how cycle time and cycle time compression reduces our risk, our cost and time. Time is money. Reducing cycle time, of course, because it lowers cost, improves asset utilization, lowers risk and compresses the time we need, creates opportunities for the business. It creates opportunities to do other things with the time that's been saved. It means we're likely to be able to take advantage of those opportunities as and when they arise or to create opportunities through the time saved. It will improve profitability and return on investment and it will make the business of interest for investors. All important. So supply chains can make a big contribution to the company's overall market share and profitability. If we think in a little more detail about the cycles involved in supply chains, we can begin upstream with the procurement cycle. That's the cycle where we get hold of the inputs to the processes that we manage. So raw materials, work in progress will come in to the business through the procurement cycle. And in some organisations, of course, if we're a retail organisation, for example, there'll be finished goods too in that procurement cycle. So sourcing and procurement cycles, very important. And they can have lots of cost involved in them. Then there's the manufacturing cycle, the cycle in which we carry out operations to convert those raw materials, those works in process into finished goods. So it's the conversion cycle. And they'll be different in different organisations, but you need to understand the cycle in your supply chain. Then there's a replenishment cycle. How quickly you could replenish goods, inventory, when you need to. And that relies on your supplier base and where it's located and the sort of risks involved and any disruptions that might occur. Remember I talked about volatility at the start. This is where volatility can be at its greatest in these upstream cycles, procurement, manufacturing, replenishment. And then we have the customer cycle where the customer becomes important and how quickly that customer can be satisfied from point of order to point of delivery and how quickly the organization can get the cash because cash flow is important to the life of the business. And finally, of course, there's the consumption cycle itself. This is where the products are used by consumers and at some point they'll become waste and they'll have to go into a recycling process or a reuse process. So it's thinking about that process and efficiencies in that uh, consumption cycle. And this is becoming more important as we think of sustainability and not just about profit but planet 
and people. And so those are the downstream cycles, the customer cycle and the consumption cycle. So from upstream to downstream, we have the goods flowing through the systems in cycles. We have information going two ways, both upstream and downstream. And we have cash flow coming from the paying customers, which might be not just the end customer in the cycle, but there might be intermediary customers in the cycular processes. And of course, demand signals, all of which can be digital. So data is important on those cycles and cycle times. Time compression enables responsiveness. Responsiveness means we can be more agile and it means we can lower risk and be more resilient. Many organisations over time have followed lean principles and those lean principles are about lowering cost but they're also about improving cycle times and the improvement in cycle times has been a very important development in the management of supply chains and technologies such as quick response technologies have been welcomed to reduce those cycle times. And it's much easier today to control cycle times through digital data management. It's easier to control the cycle. So it has to be a goal for most organisations to reduce those cycle times. However you do it, it might need to be contextualised to your supply chain and in your network or in your organisation but you have to strive to reduce cycle times because it brings so many benefits. And I started out by saying we look at volume, we look at volatility, and we look at velocity, the speed at which everything happens. It's important to understand the speed, the time in the process. So I hope that's been useful to you. I hope it helps you think about the importance of cycle times and how to reduce them. I've offered some solutions in that sense, or some food for thought, perhaps, about how to implement reductions in cycle times for your supply chain. So that's it for this episode. Hope you've enjoyed it. I'll be back on Saturday with the news roundup. All things impacting supply chains this week. I'll see you then. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. Bye for now. been listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, written, presented and produced by Tony Hines.